0: Right, as summer nears in the north, it was a sizzling hot crescendo to the European club club rugby season with a spicy encounter in Dublin, the centrepiece of the weekend's action. French side La Rochelle went to Ireland with a mighty task on their hands if uh, they wanted to defend their Champions Cup crown. The famous Leinster stood in their way on their home ground, Aviva. The home team went out to a major lead as well before uh, Ronan O'Gara's French side clicked into gear and ultimately prevailed at the end, 27-26. It was a thriller. And there are storylines galore out of this. One of Ireland's favourite sons downing the favourite Irish club, uh, and uh, the halftime confrontation outside the referee's room, and how many of the key players featured again will be protagonists at this year's World Cup in that famous green jersey. Well, Bernard Jackman joins us now. Uh, Bernard is former Irish and Leinster Ford. Uh, also uh, had time with uh, Kunaute, uh also played uh, and coached in wales as well so he's been around the traps he plays his trade in the media now doing great punditry for rte and the 42 and uh he joins us now good morning bernard and thanks uh, for staying up a little bit later tonight
1: no worries guys i'm just glad that i can't stay on it sounds like you've got a good show for the next couple of hours so uh happy to join you talk a bit about rugby
0: uh, Bernard, uh, well, uh, you're an interesting gent because I'm uh, doing a little uh, background work on you. Uh, you were basically uh, discovered and 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 encouraged into pro rugby what, by Warren Gatland.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. So um, I was rugby was amateur when I left school. I was in university studying international marketing and Japanese, playing club rugby under a guy, Brent Pope, who used to play for Otago, um, and he was my club <laughs> coach and. Warren Gatlin took a gap year from teaching uh, in Waikato to coach uh, a club site called Galwegians. He was player coach and he, he came off the bench against me and he, went, he was going back to New Zealand and four or five months later, he be a professional, he got the Connacht job uh, to be the first professional coach at Conant and he remembered me and offered me a contract. So, uh, yeah, I owe I owe Warren um, uh, a lot because I wasn't an Irish schoolboy or anything like that. So he picked me out of the club game and i enough. lucky enough, it was a professional rugby player for 14 years after.
0: Great story. Absolutely great story. Um, right, let's get into uh, what you witnessed over the weekend and um, pretty tough uh, from your point of view with your history at Leinster, of course. Uh, what an amazing game of rugby to back up the one that was so uh, uh, very much similar last year.
1: Oh, incredible! I mean, La Rochelle won uh, with a la, la, last minute try uh, in in Marseille last year, and Leinster had had only lost well two two games this season. One with, when they sent a very young team to South Africa, so they could rest up for the Champions Cup final, and then last week they lost by a point to Munster. But again, it was the second string Leinster. So this first choice team hadn't been beaten this year and the bookies had them favorites obviously the final was in the Aviva. and uh, that was predestined so that was organized from a year ago so you know it wasn't meant to be home advantage but that's how it worked out and um Leinster were hot favorites they were 17-0 up after 12 minutes 13 minutes and uh, you would have said there's no way Larry Shaw can come back but wow w- what mental strength what resilience and, and what quality and you know they got to try at a converted try to, to give them a one point lead with four minutes to go and Leinster went up the field and actually uh had a man sent in the bin and Leinster were on their line and, and, and there was a red card against Michael Alatoa the former Crusaders prop but uh, Simone International uh, and that allowed I suppose La Rochelle clear their lines and hold on for a, an incredible win and look at uh, you couldn't be grudging them what what LaRochelle have built in the last couple of years. That's their third champions cup final in a row. That's their second win in a row. Um, you know, in two thousand fourteen they were they were in Pro D two and um, they got promoted to top fourteen and, and you know, Ron gar is now the coach, but and he's done a great job, but you know, John O'Gibbs, the the former Waikato chief, um, he was the previous head coach there, and he did a huge amount of work as well. So, um, and Carbarlo um, was outstanding at nine. Um, he had a he had a huge game, and, and look at it, it's it's quoting from a an answer point of view, but I think Larochelle, having come back from seventeen nil down away from home, um, the quality they showed, I don't think you could begrudge them the the trophy.
0: Bernard, uh, there is, as we said, a lot of storylines around here. Of course, Ronan Ogara, um, one of Munster's favourite sons, coming to Leinster and, um, and de- denying Leinster the, the trophy. There were uh, two Kiwi halfbacks, um, as you say, you know, Keith yeah. Barlow and Jamison Gibson Park. So there's a lot for us to talk about down here.
1: No, it's, it's unbelievable. And they were both like the form well Carvalho Carvalho didn't play last year but uh, in the final he was injured but um, he is playing some outstanding rugby and there's lots of talk he's now eligible for Australia and uh, France would you believe because of the fact he hasn't played for New Zealand for so long I think he might have been born in Australia he qualifies for France due to residency and um, there's a slight chance he may go to a World Cup with, with one of those but his form has been outstanding and Gibson Park for Ireland and Leinster this year has been been phenomenal. Um, you know, Charlie Natai came off the bench. Um, you know, the, Antonio, the Unio Antonio, who now plays in France, obviously came through New Zealand, Will Skelton. Uh, there was just so many. There was a mixture of Irish internationals, French internationals, but also some top uh, Southern Hemisphere talents. And uh, it was a, it was an amazing game. I mean, I think these two teams... Lose our stars to the side and may yet win the top fourteen. But Leinster put them away quite easily in the in the semi final, and, and I think the, you know these two teams are significantly better than anybody else in this European competition.
0: How highly regarded now is uh, Ronan O'Gara? Of course, Ronan came down here spent a season with the Crusaders mm. with under Scott Robertson, uh, found that to be invaluable. Went north and has been ultra successful very quickly. How highly regarded is he amongst Irish people?
1: look at it it 's incredible what he's done there and and like you know he he was the most successful player uh in European history from what he did with Munster and a lot of French clubs you know they' they don 't see the top the european cup as being attainable, but he is He's gone in there and convinced La Rochelle that they can do something special. Um, he speaks so much about his experience with Scott Robertson in the Crusaders. He said it blew his mind. It, it changed his mind. It changed his whole attitude to coaching. And he said that you know the first six months he was like going, "Oh, this isn't going to work. This is this is this is this is banana stuff." And then and then obviously he saw it all fall into place. And it was such a different experience for what he obviously had in Irish rugby and what he had in Racing 92, where he was coaching before he went to Crusaders, So he's come back. Um, I think Scott Robertson is still a mentor of his, and um, he's created this environment where there's a real strong sense of connection. Um, it's very difficult to do in France. because I coached there for six years, and uh, you have so many different nationalities. You have the language barrier. Um, there's so much money in French rugby, French rugby players in general. You Know they don't really put down roots, you know. They some of them could have five or six different clubs over the course of their career, so but he has he's he's got this group together like a band of brothers, and um, they play for their their city and and um, they represent us with incredible pride, um, and also they've got a lot of talent as well, and they're well coached, so um, it's so impressive. And I think you know, him winning a second European Cup final, um, against a team who most of us, it's is full of Irish internationals, to be honest. The Leinster team mm. provide the backbone to the Irish team, so his, his star is rising. Andy Farrell has done an incredible job with Ireland. His contract runs for another two years, but um, he'd be a brave man to bet against ron O'Gara, getting a chance to coach Ireland in the next uh, next five or six years because what he's done, the experience he's got. You know, he won a top-four team in racing. Uh, as an assistant coach, but now he, he won a super Ruby title with the Crusaders and now he 's won two back to back european cups and um he 's probably going to be in the final of the top fourteen in a few weeks as well so it 's very impressive
0: how 's james lowe 's form uh, from your point of view uh,
1: well he was brilliant for brilliant for Ireland in the six nations um picked up an injury uh, and just made it back uh, made it back for the final um had some really good moments. Um, the, had a couple of kicks that went astray. He's a big. His kicking game is a big part of how Leinster um, exits. Uh, and Larishel got a little bit of pressure to him. But to be fair, uh, Leinster had. Bar that first thirty minutes, where Leinster were on fire, Larishel starved him with a ball. So we didn't see James Lowe with a ball in his hand, and that's when he is absolutely electric and, um, and an incredibly dangerous weapon for Leinster. So his form is good. Um, and I think he's going to be a key man for Ireland um, in France in, in uh, this autumn.
0: Well, from our point of view, of course, down here, you know, Ireland came down here and uh, knocked us over, uh, embarrassed us, actually. They were so dominant in certain patches of the game, uh, winning the series 2-1. OK, that was historic there. Um, and at that point, I think all New Zealanders realised, Bernard, that um, Ireland are a genuine chance to win this Rugby World Cup. Where do you think they're at now on the back of um, that uh, Six Nations campaign? And where do you think the belief level is? Because there is a perception down here. That's the only thing that might stop them.
1: No, look, they they have massive belief. Um, and I think, you know, what they did in New Zealand, it was a really tough tour for Ireland because, obviously, um, the logistics of playing the All Blacks three times. But then there was two midweek games against the Maoris. Um, It was the end of the longest season in in history in in Northern Hemisphere because of COVID. Um, They had to dram in some games and they had some injuries as well and and they got the job done. And then they came back and, I suppose, confirmed that form by beating South Africa and Australia in November and then winning the Grand Slam, which is, I think, only our fourth in in history. So um, they're number one in the world. Uh, The problem is... There's so little between the top teams. I mean, uh, we beat Australia with a last minute or a kick with five or six minutes to go. South Africa was incredibly tight. The ireland of France game was very tight. You know, if we play the All Blacks tomorrow, they'd be tossing a coin. So it's great. We're in a really good position. Confidence is high, but I, I've never seen it as, as, as uh, competitive. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm looking at England, you know, with a new coach. I'm looking at Australia with Eddie Jones, decided to draw there on. I think there's six or seven teams now who there's only a score between them. And, um, but the only thing I would say in our favour is um, it's you know it's a Northern Hemisphere-based um, final this year, so France isn't going to be a big deal. In terms of travel, we'll have a lot of fans there. And the team age profile um, is pretty good. Obviously, you've got Johnny Sexton, who's, you know, we're we're going to wrap him in cotton wool and, and cross our fingers that he'll stay fit but the rest of the team are probably just at their peak so um we're certainly going there with a bit of confidence even though we obviously have a very bad record of world cups and we're very conscious of that
0: bernard uh, you mentioned johnny sexton uh, 37 years of age and you're going to put him in cotton wool just say you don't have johnny sexton at the crucial stages do you are you confident in what you've got backing up there
1: well, look, his, his backup played against, um, against La Rochelle on uh, on Saturday and probably, you know, it, it wouldn't inspire you with confidence. Uh, Ross Byrne, now the, the third choice, 10, had a very good game for Munster against Leinster last week and got a win, match-winning drop goal with it a minute to go. So he showed he had the bottle and, and there's a lot of criticism or, or, spec, or, or concern that Ross Byrne didn't go for a last-minute penalty, or sorry, a penalty with four minutes to go to. That might have been kickable or a drop goal at the end when they were on the line. So um, now, having said that, the, the Leinster pack were were pretty much beaten up. So look, I, I don't I don't think we can win a World Cup without Johnny Sexton. Um, he is still absolutely key to us, and not just in terms of what he does on the pitch, but in terms of the belief he gives everybody else. Um, so yeah, he is he is the key man for us. I think we've got good depth in other positions, but if he was to go down. Um, I think it'd be very, very hard. I know you guys had a big injury crisis at 10, uh, you know, back when you won the World Cup at home and and you you had people who were able to come in and get the job done, um, Stephen Donald, uh, etc. But uh, I I don't know if we have that luxury at the moment.
0: Uh, Just uh, putting another hat on that you've worn and that's your association too, Bernard, with uh, Welsh Rugby, of course. Warren Gatlin, we've talked about him, has uh, received the SOS call um, how do you perceive where Welsh rugby is at the moment, and uh, would there any chance of being a spoiler in the Rugby World Cup?
1: No, Welsh rugby's on on its knees, and uh, it must be very difficult for Warren um, having obviously brought him to a, a World Cup semi-final, which they actually you know ran South Africa really close, and South Africa obviously went and, and won it, um, and the success he had with Wales to go back and answer that SOS, but to to see that the the player pool has just um, decimated, and and I don't know if you saw last week, Alan wynne Jones and Justin Tibrick have have resigned. I retired from international rugby as well. They were two, you know, absolute legends of the game. And there's been huge financial problems. There's been huge problems actually in governance and uh, and uh, sexism row in the Wru. But mainly there's been massive issues in terms of funding. So the regions. The four Welsh regions are, are all effectively uh, living hand to mouth and they've reduced their salary caps next year um, significantly and the year after it's going to be even less. So there's there's, there's a player drain out of Wales. Um, their under-20s have been really poor for the last four or five years. The under-18s are poor and soccer has become a massive game in the Welsh Valleys. Um, so it's a very, very difficult task for Warren Gatlin. If anyone can do it... Um, he can and, he, and he'll do, he can do it, but also he'll thrive in this long preparation time. So he'll have those Welsh players for the whole summer, our summer, um, and that will give him a chance to really drill them well. But I, I fear for I fear for Wales in terms of the the depth um, to their squad. They just don't seem to have the uh, the numbers of quality internationals that they had in the past.
0: Bernard, um, also we can't let you go without talking a little bit about the hosts, France, of course, and DuPont at halfback, probably one of the most influential men in uh, European rugby at the moment. Uh, What about the pressure on France uh, to deliver at home this time around?
1: Yeah, look, there's a lot of pressure, but if you understand French rugby... They're used to that since they're four or five. When I was in Grenoble, um, we brought my, my, my son, who was five at a time, across to the local club, and he was training, and, and you know, I asked the coaches who they were playing that weekend, and he, he said, they're playing a club which is about three miles away. And I said, oh, will you win? And he goes, oh no, you can't win because it's away, whatever. So um, the reverse of that is obviously when you're at home, you're expected to win, and they generally do, whether it's for club or country and um, they've been looking forward to this for for four years they've put a massive amount of focus on developing young french qualified talent they're under 20s have won two junior world cups and, and a lot of those players are now in that national team and um, they won a, six, a grand slam the year before last they were second this year um I don't think they I don't think they will crack under the pressure and if anything, they will thrive. So uh, I think that's an added advantage to them and it's gonna be an incredible World Cup. I mean France know how to host major sporting events, uh, the country is Ruby Mad. Um they've got a team that they can believe in and, and with an incredible amount of talent and, and DuPont is obviously leading the way in that but um it's the depth they have is, is phenomenal. Obviously fourteen teams in the top division and they 12 in Pro 2 and then the third division is professional as well, Federal 1. So, um, you're just, even though there's, there's, there's a good few foreign players playing in France, I mean, they have 20 players deep in, in each position um, that are fully professional. Obviously, they're all an international class but it's it's they've got more depth than any other country. So, um, I think they're the ones to beat, to be honest, even though we obviously one of your Six Nations, I think home advantage um, will will bring them to a new level.
0: Bernard, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you um, and getting your insight on uh, how you think uh, things are going up that way. Uh, We can't wait for um, the World Cup, obviously, and uh, we're under a lot of pressure with the coach under a lot of pressure as well. So it's going to be fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for staying up just a little bit later on on our behalf, and uh, we've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you.
1: Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.
0: Bye-bye.